It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings. Come on in for another edition of Revolutionary Voodoo, New Orleans Food and Secrets and Recipes on Stream Guys, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Periscope, on my personal page. All of the best things. My phone call in number 845 
upon which I have my very being. I have my very standing. And of course, I am here to share the history of our sacred stories. Spiritual knowledge, of course, always lies, not just in the telling and the retelling and in the belief and in the faith, but in its efficacy and its ability to produce revived, tangible, real-world, long-term manifesting results right here, right now, in this most present moment in time space. Understanding that all else is just vanity, all else is just an illusion, all else is just to entertain you, <laughs> all else is just to sort of stroke your ego, source self. And so here in this squared circle of gods and goddesses in this sacred space that we create and recreate each and every day, we strive to our goal is to pull down, just like the prophet in, in, the, in the great book, grab the angel by the foot, by the ankle, and refuse to let go until that blessing manifests here, here in real world after time. We live in an ever-changing world. We live in a plastic world. I used to say that regularly. This world is plastic in which we live in. Understand what I'm saying. Earth, water, air, fire, gases, and, and the ether, and of course, the spirit realm that mixes all of this up and remixes all of this up. Every day, every generation, every, every life cycle, it, it's plastic. One day it's this, the next day it's that. One lifetime is this, the next li lifetime is that. But we know by math and by science that all that the divine creators produced and, and spewed out well-calculated reality that we exist in um, was spewed out at the very beginning. All energy, all matter, all possibilities, all disappointments. And so we have the opportunity to choose it's pulled down into this present moment in time space, into this dimensional space, to pull that out of the past that we so over-focus on, to pull that out of the future that we spend so much time dreaming and daydreaming about, but to bring it into the right now, into the here and, and now moment in time space. I greet each and every one of you individually, Collectively, if I haven't called out your name, Martha Martinez, uh, Dan, Danette, Danette Gibb, uh, I'm most certainly trying to get you on screen. Become the sea. Greetings, beloved, and thank you so much for your active and consistent participation. Please do show Keona D. Carter. Show the goddess, show the queen all due respect as she helps to assist us in obtaining a professional uh, chat room. And, of course, assisting me, more importantly, in seeing your questions, comments, and requests so that I can respond to you here live directly on the show. And, of course, to also remind you to to like, subscribe, whatever platform you're in right now, YouTube, Facebook, my Facebook page, my uh, EarthCam, which used to be um, what did that used to be called? My, my Google campaigns, I think is what it used to be. But now it's been um, convinced into my Earth Cam. Without all of my tabs because it's a, it's, it's a distraction for both me and the computer. So 
I try to type all that information in. So periodically, um, Keona will retype in the uh, essential information for you to call me at 845-277-9143 and to press that number one to um, experience my not so new, but my new usage of my Earth Campaigns.com and, and give me some feedback about the technical quality. And of course, the phone lines are open. Keona, your line is always open, beloved. I practically got your number memorized. If I ever go to jail, you might be one, one of the people <laughs> whose name that I write on the paper, that one piece of paper that they let you go in there with. Uh, you might be one of the few phone numbers that I'm actually going to be able to remember. So welcome. And of course, you can speak at your convenience and at your leisure. We understand that Keona also is working another job. So she might not always be able to talk, but she may. No, I cleared my schedule. <laughs> Greeting. Come on in. I got up at 3 a.m. because I felt bad that I um haven't been, you know, um, working like I did normally do for the last two days. But the thing that came to my mind is that, and this may help somebody, so I'm going to say it. It may not just help just me, but you have not because you ask not. You have to open your mouth, open your hands, be open to receive with knowledge and then execution. When you sit under this type of wisdom that people will pay their lives for, their last dime for, say in the magical book that you don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box, you don't know what people had to sacrifice. In their life It's people that really want to hear this But they aren't able to Because of the country they live in If they're caught getting this type of knowledge They may be killed Please ask your questions Participate Get involved Engage There's no question that's too dumb Get all of those Black worms And all those deep roots that are in you Nobody can go through this life unscarred, unwounded. There's issues you're dealing with. Get in this life and participate. Get the help. The help is in this house. Get it. And that's all I want to say. Thank you, beloved. You you, you couldn't have said it better. And and please stop sugarcoating. I, I don't mean just in this space. I'm talking about your demonstration. Your demonstration is is the reality. It's the manifestation of what you say or what you think you know, or believe, or understand. It's what you do when no one is looking. It's what you do when you think you're anonymous. It's what you do often when you're out there and about in the streams of life and, and, and think it's going unchecked. So I'm not talking about what goes on in this sacred space. I'm talking about even beyond the sacred space. I see you in Twitter. I see you on Instagram. I see you on Facebook. Uh, I see what you talk about. I see what's of interest to you. I see what you share. How real is this for you? How real is for you? How, how real is the ancestors for you? How real is having an option beyond the mundane, the carnal, the physical, the material? How real is that for you? And I'd like to respond sort of facetiously to Keona's uh, uh, first question. 
um, or comment. I, I can't remember if it was a question or comment, but why can't I just ask for the million dollars? My hand is open for the million dollars. I'm open to receiving the million dollars, you know, but we say we're open. We can physically present the illusion of, of having our hands turned upwards, but what are we repeating here? What are we saying here? In that space, nobody else can hear but you and God. Nobody else can hear but you and spirit. Nobody else can hear but you and the ancestors. I assure you, if you do your homework, <laughs> life becomes magical. Magical. This isn't an act. I'm not on stage. I'm not on the clock. I haven't filled out any paperwork. There, there are no SAG after representatives here. What you're seeing right now is truly me. It's truly my reality. It's truly my experience. And it is indeed who and what I am right now in this present moment in time space, regardless of the weather. Regardless of the weather. Regardless of the weather, regardless of who's president, regardless of who's governor, regardless of what virus is, is among us, we indeed step into what we say we know, what we say we believe, what we say we understand. The minute you turn off the podcast and, and have to deal with life on life's terms, life on life's terms. And, and some of you, I, I acknowledge you every day because I know the importance of it. You know, are now living with your spouses every day, your children every day, your homeschooling now every day, you know, and, and you're experiencing life now every day from a new reality. But we have the option every day to experience life from a new reality. There's no reason to carry over the memory of yesterday unless you choose to do so. And the only reason I would choose to do so is to address the work. Is there something of use? Is there something of value? Is there something that can be fixed? Repair or change, but that work, like, like Kiana said, has to be done right now, right now, right now. I remember when I was in the church, you know, and you'd hear people, "Oh, I'm gonna get it right," you know, when I get a little bit older. I'm gonna get it right when I settle down, you know. But right now, I'm gonna sow my oats. I'm gonna, you know, explore the world. I'm, I'm gonna do, you know, what I want to do. And, and I don't hear that as much anymore as a mantra. Because it's the, it's the modern platform. <laughs> it is now the pop cultural nuance that, that is part of the harmony of, of the day. And so those of us who choose, choose different, who choose better, who choose the million dollars, who choose a better life, have the option now to step into that. And, and to step into it brand new. I like to look at this temporary stay at home, you know, as, as the gods, the goddesses, if you will, um, putting everybody on a, on a timeout. And nobody knows to what extent. Oh, you can let, you know, your, your people of power choose life and death for you if you choose to. But I still know that I have control over when I choose to step out and see the world, when I choose to expose myself Again, in an in intimate space, 
to a to a human, uh, covered or uncovered. And so it is a symbol of what we share in space every day, the ability to create and recreate your reality based on your uh, knowledge and your ability to apply that knowledge. We can never do anything without acknowledging the answer. Nothing. We don't wake up in the morning. We don't breathe without our ancestors being present with us. Whether you're conscious of that or not, whether you're cognizant of that or not, but those of us who are cognizant of it, who do stand in this truth, we wake up in the morning, and before we open our eyes, before we start thinking random thoughts, before we start focusing in our fields and what we need to do, we breathe. And then in that moment, we acknowledge those who came before us. We acknowledge the great ancestors. But also the, the, the ancestors and, and the dead and the family and the relatives who we know, who we can connect with, who provide something positive to the equation. And I'm often asked, well, what about the problematic relative? What about the families and ancestors that are Unknown. We indeed in that moment breathe. And we pour our libation and we acknowledge ancestors seen and unseen, ancestors known and unknown, and those who would assist us, assist us in our endeavor in moving forward. And our ancestors stand up in our blood. We now have scientific backing for that long term and belief that ancestors don't die. They live on, they continue on with us, in us, and around us. And they exist in the very DNA that flows through your brain, through your, through your blood, through your brains, <laughs> through your body, <laughs> through every uh, uh, element of your, of your very being. And so we acknowledge the first in all things. And then I acknowledge the weather. Then I acknowledge the weather. And of course, right now, you know, no matter where you are in the globe, there's a storm raging. There's a war raging. And it, and it kind of reminds me of Katrina, except it's longer and it's much more drawn out. And, and you don't have the, the battering of your shutters and the, and the uh, tile flying off, off your roof. But there's that sense of knowing that something is out there and wondering how long it's going to be out there and, and how safe it is to go out there. Just standing at my suit, just standing in my door, I can see the, the normal flow of traffic, if you will, on Basin Street. And it's so slow and leisurely and almost like a Sunday afternoon, a Sunday drive in the park, a Sunday drive, you know, a highway drive out into the country, you know, and that's the sort of energy that, is moving right now. The sense of worry, the sense of fear, the sense of uh, anxiety is present, but it resonates on a, on a lower vibration. It resonates as a much lower, dull tone beneath this greater power 
change and transformation that's taking place right now. And, and I can't implore you enough to embrace it. I can't implore, implore you enough to, you know, put on a pot of water and, and make it boil, you know, and, and cook something now, create something now, produce something now, and, and take this as an opportunity, oh, my God, to move beyond the foolishness. Let us now move beyond the foolishness and utilize time and this powerful energy, not just for self. And, and selfish needs and, and selfish motivations and selfish ideas and egotistical notions and false notions and illusionary notions. But let's take this as a time to truly grow and develop and, and step into your artistry, step into your mastery, step into your entrepreneurship, step into your, your education, Step into whatever it is that you right now in this present moment in time space have the opportunity to cleanse, clean, and then create and recreate. Divine all blessed health and wellness. Divine all blessed inner state. Please give me your questions, your comments, your requests. Greetings, Orisha. Greetings, um, become the sea. Greetings, uh, divine self-healing. Welcome, welcome, each and every one. I know y'all see my head moving back and forth. I'm trying to catch all my messages and all my greetings and salutations. Know the phone lines are open and working. Area code 845-277-9843. You're ready with your question, comment, or request. Do press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I will be more than happy to bring your voice, your your question, your comment, your criticism, your inquiry into the the conversation. I would be remiss if I I don't say at least once a day, if you don't get it, if you don't understand, if you don't read the news, if you don't pay attention to the media, if you don't pay attention to the home page on Facebook, which I'm, I don't go to the home page on Instagram, Facebook. If it's going to be drama, if it's going to be anything that's going to sort of set me off, it's going to be on those home pages. So I typically don't do the home page, but I do pay attention to the to the weather. I do pay attention to the news, and if you don't understand by now, this virus don't like black people. This virus hates black people. That's not racial. That's not racist. That's not prejudice. That's looking at the numbers. <laughs> looking at the statistics. So whatever you believe, whatever conspiracy or theory, because they aren't always the same, we, we match them up, but they aren't always the same, the conspiracy and the theory. But But wherever you are in the equation of things. Understand this virus hates black people. And the numbers are rising in at least 20 states as of yesterday. The numbers are rising in terms of death and people now recontracting the virus. I got a piece of hair or something in my eye, y'all. So forgive me while I work it out. Um, And I believe that that's a direct response to Easter Sunday 
it, it's going to be a continuing response to the states and municipalities that feel this isn't as big of a deal as economy, as keeping their businesses open. Um, I dare use the language that I heard on the news earlier today. Um, is it indeed the difference between starving, you know, choosing death over starving, <laughs> choosing the risk of contracting a uh, communicable, a highly communicable, deadly virus? We're now comparing that to starving, at least in one of the most recent uh, media broadcast outlets. I saw earlier today. Um, th those are the terms in which uh, people are sort of fashioning this in. And as a as a person of color, as a as a black person, every day, with or without the presence of a virus, you know there are a number of things that are out there to kill us. There are a number of things out there to target us. There are a number of things out there to confuse us and and delude us and and to miss represent us and to guide us uh, down various roads and various paths in the reality of living life on life. So we have to choose every day. We have to use wisdom every day. We have to be wise every day about how we move, how we act, and where we draw our source of information from. Greetings, 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 buenos dias, beloved. Greetings, welcome, welcome to the show, welcome to the live chat. Please do type your questions in all capital letters um, in the chat room. It allows me to see them and, and respond to them better. Um, beloved, I'm not sure which rose quartz you're looking at. Um, I don't think I'm wearing any rose quartz today, so maybe I'm missing something. On me reminds you of rose quartz. I got you. I got you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And our phone lines are open at area code um, 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. When you are ready with your question, comment, or request, do press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I will unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. And I would advise y'all to get in there before y'all really uh, upset Miss Kiana, because she might let y'all. She might let y'all have it for wasting her time and, and for sitting up here looking at me and my smile and, and, and my energy and not being an active participant um, with me today um, in the show. There's always something to do. There's always something to continue to grow and develop. And I like the emphasis on specification, on speciality, on on skill, on people uh, figuring out who they are, what they are, what they're good at, what their strong suit might be, uh, and then focusing on that, making that your your priority, um, and developing your skills of divination, your your skills of intuition, uh, your skills of creativity, ingenuity our ability to build and create and, and recreate. There's so many ways in which God and the goddess show up in us and, and through us, through our demonstration in the world. Right now, there are people who are feverishly looking for a solution, looking for a vaccine, for new ways to create and recreate products that assist us and 
and, and benefit us in our endeavors. And this is one of the newest ones um, that I have in my arsenal. <laughs> I like the way this feels. I like what it's made of and, and, and how it sort of melds to your, to your face. Of course, even when I use this, I'll have my N95 on underneath it. And then I'll have a cover over top of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I'll probably have a cover over top of that. Uh, but but that's the newest thing that, that came in in the mail today. Um, yes, choosing color is, is very important um, becoming the C. It's, it's very important for me personally um, because you asked me what was my intention. Um, for not only bringing forward sort of that energy that others, because often we, we, we dress for ourselves. You know, we dress for comfort. You might pick colors combination color selections that you might favor, you know, or might be of interest to you. But I, I do tend to think of the spirit of the day, the powers that represent the day. I do think of the Ifa ritual calendar and, and the ritual calendar. I think about the powers and the forces that I might be using to address in my own personal life and in my own personal work, but also in the work of, of those that I'm assisting. Um, when you come to the level of practitioner, to the level of ministry, and being a reader, even a tarot reader, is it, it, a level of, of entering into ministry, um, you often have to take a position outside of yourself. So I don't always dress just for my own sense of comfort or, or just for my own sense of, you know, fashion or, or, or color choice, if you will. Um, if I had my own fashion choice, I'd be in something a little more um, casual, probably not so professional. <laughs> you know, my head might not be covered right now. So I do think of energy. I do think of stones. I do think of uh, powers and forces in our tradition that resonate through particular uh, colors and things. I think about what's hot, for instance, what's aggressive, uh, what needs to be toned down, and so I might rest and project jewelry and projective jewelry and, and uh, clothing wear to not only be defensive, but to protect against something, uh, but to be projective, to be offensive, send an energy out that, as it did with you, resonates with, with something that, that people can sort of hold on to, latch on to. Um, I, I mentioned on a previous show that there was a time that, you know, I might have wore a red for an entire year or white for an entire year or black for an entire year uh, in the earlier years of me initiating and coming into spirit practice and tradition. And I did learn uh, a great deal about color resonance, both inwardly, how it would affect me, how it would make me feel, uh, what would it encourage or discourage, what would it bring up or, or tone down from within. Then I also journaled and kept a book and paid attention to its how it made other people act, how it made others respond um, in terms of their demonstration and, of course, their energy. So um, I don't always share the intimate details. You know, I have had these odd experiences in my life where I'm on the train, I'm on the bus, I'm on the L, I'm on the metro. You know, I'm on the plane, you know, or, or whatever it might be. 
And I've had people just walk up to me and just reach for my jewelry, uh, grab my crystal, you know, or, or, oh, let me feel that fabric, you know, and they don't ask. They don't think about what does that mean. They, they don't even think about um, religion or, or personal preference or um, comfort zone, <laughs> you, you know. And if I did the same thing, oh, particularly for a woman or a white woman, you know, and, and reached for her jewelry or, or, or just grabbed her hair or, or massaged her fabric, you know, I'd be arrested. <laughs> I'd be handled like that young man was handled on my Facebook page. Have you seen that on my Facebook page from out of Georgia, how they hunted down? This young black man who was out jogging. Just imagine, just imagine Joshua Nile and Tanner out jogging. Just out jogging in in the neighborhood, in the countryside, in, in the suburbs, in, in, in a little bit more rural area than the hardcore, you know, brick and mortar city. But you just out jogging, and then they hunt you down like a wild pig, like a boar and kill you and murder you. This is why, you know, some of our beloved guests and, and one of my God children, um, he, he can't help but talk about white supremacy every day. He can't help but talk about racism every day. And, and how can we talk about the stars and the planets and the clouds and the moon and the sun and the flowers when a young man can't jog through the neighborhood, stretch his legs, exercise his body, get some air, you know, in, in the midst of this shutdown and stay-at-home pan- pandemic, while your patriots and, 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 your, and your conservatives and, and your Americans and your Republicans are, are, are protesting, open up, and then in a place like Georgia... You just shoot a young man down for jogging through the neighborhood? Come, come on, y'all. Pay attention. I, I haven't posted anything else on my Facebook since. I, I do that a lot, you know. Some of you all are concerned that I don't post history and education and books and links and all that stuff I used to post on my Facebook all day, every day. Don't have time for it anymore. Number two, you all don't respect it. You don't respect it. Some of you wouldn't even like, wouldn't even share it, wouldn't even acknowledge it. Others would take it and then repost it and and wouldn't link it back, wouldn't say where they got it, (laughs) you know, try to increase their own, you know, so so I don't have time to do it. But when I do post something that's important, that's pertinent, as this is, I post it. And I typically don't post a whole lot behind it because I want you now to follow my link. Marcus, on um, Die Marcus Art, I know you've already seen it. I, I want you to uh, go to my page and not have to go through a whole lot of other stuff to find it. What's at the top of my page? Uh, the post itself, um, in my words, is how do you sit quietly? No response. No like, no angry face, no acknowledgement of the post. No verbal response, no written response to the event. While judging my demonstration, 
and what I do for three hours every day. And this is still happening. Young men and women being shot down, being murdered, being being falsely arrested, being falsely imprisoned. For, for nothing other than jogging through the neighborhood while black. And let me be clear, I don't have problems with the police, especially in New Orleans. I have no problems with the New Orleans police personally. I can go wherever I want to go, do what I want to do, walk around. Hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, now, how your mom and them? You know, I've never had a, I've never been aggressed by the police, and particularly here in in New Orleans, now Colorado. That's another story. I'll tell that story one day. <laughs> That's another story. Okay. Um, I got arrested for protesting in Colorado, but but I don't want to digress. I've never had a problem with police, and certainly not, you know, in, in, in the two and a half decades I've been in New Orleans. But I'm aware of what's happened to other people. I'm aware of what's happening to you. I have empathy and sympathy for what's happening to my brother, my sister, my cousin, my neighbor, my fellow citizen. And And why don't you? Why don't you? Why aren't these spaces of magical practitioners active in politics? Why aren't you active in, in grassroots organizing? Why aren't you active in, in assisting these single-headed households and these parented households that, that, that need assistance? Why aren't you active in the fix, in the repair, in the healing? No, we just want to entertain ourselves with foolishness. We just want to cuss and fuss and bounce around and be pretentious and, and pretend like we care. Black Lives Matter and pretend like we care. Me too. Hashtag. Me too. Hashtag. But where's the action? Where's the activity? And it's crazy how quickly y'all can whip out a cell phone to show me what y'all done cooked. You might be eating, you know, at any particular moment in time space, but y'all not whipping out no more pictures and nobody sending no no water to uh, clean water. I don't see um, people posting pictures of, of, of getting out in the community and, and being involved, and particularly in your witchery and your ritual work. And your so-called adherence to Loa and and Orisha, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing it on my page, but I'm not seeing that. You know, overall, you know. So this is the time to 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 shit or get off the pod. This this is the time to, to, to speak up with authority and conviction. Thank you, Sister Soldier. Speak up with authority and conviction or sit down and shut up. This is now the time. This is now the time. I don't have time to scroll through the homepage of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Not anymore. And and pay attention to y'all's foolishness. And pay attention to to the latest sage bundle accident. You know, or, or pay attention to the latest, you know, totally made up. Ritual work. I just don't have time for it anymore. I don't even have time to look at it and have the energy pass through my body 
and even say, oh, what is that? I don't even have that kind of time anymore. Post-Katrina, we had a little bit more downtime. And I might have jumped in and said, well, you know, that's not exactly correct. And a lot of us did back then. You know, there was Lukomi and Cesaria and Ifa practitioners and, and Vulu practitioners everywhere disputing the information, disputing the post, questioning what was being said. And that went silent. And I'm going to tell you why. This is the first time I've ever said this. I'm going to tell you why. Half of those people knew they were full of beer and sat down and came back, recreated themselves as something else. You've heard me say that before. Another portion of that group went to Haiti, went to Oshoko, went to Benin, came to New Orleans, and really did they work. And now they, too, don't have time for your foolishness. Now they, too, don't have time for the debate and the back and forth, which is primarily for likes, by the way. Likes and high numbers of followers, you know. Who don't like a car accident? Who don't like a car crash? I, I'm not going to slow down. You know, it, it takes me back to Mardi Gras Day. So much has happened that I forgot about this almost. Um, there was a shooting Mardi Gras Day. There, there was a fight, some sort of aggression um, between some Mardi Gras Indians up ahead of us on Claiborne Avenue, Mardi Gras Day. Um, and then there, we were already ready to detour. Me, the other gang that I was with at the time, the other tribe I was with, Afayaya, we all were conscious of the activity and the action. And we were already ready to make a detour. This was Mardi Gras Day. Remember now, I almost didn't come out Mardi Gras Day. I decided, me and Nolan and Tanner decided, 11.45 p.m. Lundy Gras, that we were going to come out. So we're out. We're saging, purging, smudging, doing our thing. We're aware the conversation, you know, makes its way back through the crowd that there's a conflict up ahead. And then we hear gunshots. And, of course, at that point, everybody makes that detour for the most part. Now, there were, there were the people who pushed ahead, but many of us then said, oh, no, it's not that serious. It's not that important. And we, we kept it moving. And so I always say all is a blessing. You never know why you're late. Not entirely. You never know why you're early. You never know why the bus just miss you when you just get into the stop. You never fully understand why, you know, you didn't get started in time. And so now you're out there. And you're pushing it to, to make the clock. I didn't let a mosquito in my house. You could be, uh, you could be, uh, by your guidance of your angels or by the guidance of your ancestors, avoiding the collision. <laughs> you could be avoiding the calamity. And so I'm grateful for my actions of Mardi Gras Day. I'm, I'm grateful for my actions of carnival season. I'm grateful for my ability to hear and follow spirit. At first, you got to hear and follow your own spirit first, because you might hear from God. You might hear from the ancestors. You might hear from, 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 from the Orisha. You might hear from the Loa. But, but then if your head don't move or take heed, 
what's the point? Well, what's the point? That's just another event that happens in your life that, you know, two weeks later, two months later, two years later, you end up saying, I wish I hadn't, or I knew I shouldn't have. I should have followed my first mind. And that's why I keep pushing journal. Please journal. Please journal. Write down these events. Write down these happenings. Write down these turns uh, and U-turns and, 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 and detours of life. Because you never know when something greater, something bigger is being spoken to you. Sometimes we push for something that's so complicated. That job, that relationship, that marriage, that friendship. And it's so complicated and it takes so much work and it takes so much effort. And it's so much up and down. And, and it's sometimes more down than up. And we just won't let go. We, we just won't Surrender. We just won't allow for something better to come in. Now is the time. And for many of you, you needed the government. You needed God. You needed a virus powerful enough to sit you down for a week, for two weeks, for two months. I guess it's been two months for some of us now to come back to March. <laughs> It's been at least 60 days or more for some of us now on the sit-down. And those of us, strong head, strong will, strong consciousness, strong spirit, strong mind, have got a lot done in, in the last 60 days. I know I have. And, and I look forward to the blessings to come. I look forward to the manifestations to come. I look forward to that which life and God and and the ancestors, you know, have in store for us. Thank you so much for your uh, active participation in the chat. I would most certainly appreciate your questions, your comments, your requests. Let me look at my phone line. Yeah, I have people on the phone line, but no one has their hand raised at area code 845-277-9143, when you're ready with your question, comment, or request, please do press the number one on your telephone keypad. I will unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. Uh, becomes a seed. What am I missing? Uh, Kimberly McTowell. Did I miss something? Is Kimberly even in the group? Oh, yeah, okay. I'll see you now. All is a blessing, beloved. All is a blessing. Just step out of the present moment. Step out of the present circumstance. Get clarity about what's important. Get clarity about what's most important, what's most useful to you right now in this moment in time today. And then shift your energy to the resolution. I don't know what, what you're challenged with, and I'm not asking you to tell us. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just telling you what spirit would have me to say to you right now. Shift your focus. Get clear about what's most important. Get clear about what's most pertinent. pertinent. And then focus on the fix, the repair, the change. Thank you so much for being present with us. Greetings, beloved. Um, 
Sean Wynn, thank you so much. What is my definition of psychic and ability? I, I, I like how you separated those two words. I really do. I really, really do. Um, <laughs> I'm a son of a retired educator, so words mean something to me. And I like how you separated that. Psychic can manifest as many things. And just a few days ago, I started introducing um, various types of spiritual gifts or abilities. Or, or, or more importantly, variations of divination. Yeah, I'm trying to actually type. Y'all know by now I can't type and talk at the same time. Uh, I'm trying to bring that same list again so that I can adequately um, respond to your question. Also, Kiana, um, your mic is open. We'll come back to you in a moment. So, what does it mean? Is it the ability to foretell the future? Is it the ability to read a person, place, or thing? Is psychic ability about reading tarot cards? And what is happening when you're reading tarot cards in the midst of that process? Now, I've said um, many times on this show before, and of course, people always get upset about me telling the truth. Um, there is a system to tarot reading. It is organized and it is consistent. You have all sorts of decks today that that don't meet the definition of, of tarot. And they mask them behind names like oracle cards. But even in the oracle deck, there's still some level of ability that must manifest. And so, for instance, I'm going to use myself. I must be able to see the past to some degree because how can I predict the future, read your future, give you some idea of what's going to happen, what might happen, what's about to happen without a clear understanding of how we got to where we are in this moment in time space, especially when we consider career and education, love and relationships, health and wellness spirituality and religion. These are areas in our life that don't happen overnight, you know, and, and typically by the time they get to the consultant, the advisor, they're complicated. So now you have to look into the past, look into the future, because they're often asking, well, what's going to happen? Or am I doing the right thing? Or, you know, is there another option? And so you're being asked to do several skill sets of spiritual development all at, all at once. And the average person don't, don't pay attention to that. The average person is not aware of that. The, the average person doesn't know the difference between being telepathic, being prophetic, you know, being a remote viewer. The average person doesn't even know those words or that language. So that's why I was really intrigued by how you put that and in between psychic and ability. Um, ability, ability suggests some training. Uh, ability suggests some documentation, you know, of your ability to, uh, 
I know when you give a definition of a word, you're not supposed to use that word. Um, some documentation of your demonstration, of your materialization, of the result of your said ability to read or, or to be psychic. And can people be psychic without ability? Absolutely. <laughs> without skill? Absolutely. Those are the people who want to know, uh, I dreamt fish, what does that mean? Those are the people that want to know, um, I saw seven birds moving to my left, coming towards me, what does that mean? Uh, you know, those are people who might be manifesting spiritual skills, spiritual abilities, spiritual manifestations. I, I really like the word spiritual even more so than psychic, per se. Because even in a psychic, people think I'm psychic, so there's no religion there. There's no context of, of rules or protocols there, and there absolutely are. Um, there, there's that which is scientific, meaning, you know, you do a scientifically organized of your ability to see, to read, to forecast, to, to remote view, or, you know, you you've studied, you've learned, you've been taught, and you're active in that practice, and now your clientele speaks to your ability to read uh, and, and to read accurately. Um, again, speaking to ability. <laughs> you know, um, I've learned in, in the last 15 years that some of these want-to-be overnight psychic readers and whatnot um, fear Sites like King and Live Persons and 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 California Psychic and 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 Psychic World and, and the like, because of those comments and ratings, they're not willing to put themselves in a position to have people publicly say, uh, to publicly rate. It's just like Yelp. I know some of you are much more familiar with Yelp. It's not a whole lot different. There are people who fear Yelp, um, and so they they know that if anyone can leave a comment that. The owner can't touch, remove, erase, uh, adulterate in, in any way. That that then influences the more universal perception of that person's skill and or ability. Uh, and if we're talking about Yelp, you know, business and or service. And, and so what we're doing is not that different, particularly in a public format um, such as the, the Internet. So being psychic is the ability to see, to read, to preview, to predict, to forecast, um, and, and to do so accurately, accurately in a way that is useful, beneficial, helpful, and, and more importantly, um, documentable in, in my opinion in my opinion it's documentable the idea of well I'm word of mouth well word of mouth meant one thing back in 1818 it means something completely different in 2020 word of mouth um, so there is no word of mouth today that doesn't show up somewhere here online in this space in a document in your taxes, in your uh, Better Business Bureau, 
if you're operating legitimately, if you're if you're operating legitimately and and professionally. So, so I know I detoured a little bit, but but psychic has to do with certain skill sets that um that we sort of generalize as psychic. So you know the ability to see, the ability to forecast, the ability to foretell. I'm using plain plain English as opposed to precognition, premonition, uh, uh, paleomancy. Uh, I, I'm using uh, words that, for the most part, we, we get, we understand, and many of us operate in and out of the day, dream interpretation. Um, might be considered another quote-unquote psychic ability. Erico 612, beloved, greetings. Greetings, 612. Your mic is now open. 612, who's calling and where are you calling from? This is Sterling. I'm calling. Um, I just wanted to say hello, and I was also wanting to know how you um, go about enhancing your psychic ability slash discovering what they are. Okay. Um, now, I didn't hear where you're calling from. Where are you calling from? New Orleans, but this is a Minneapolis okay, that's phone right. number. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, you Don't confuse me now. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I'm trying <laughs> to memorize these phone calls, you know, area codes, particularly people who call regularly, um, like Keona. But, um, yeah. There are many ways to develop your psychic ability, your spiritual guilt, uh, gift and skill, even without initiation, even without some, some sort of training. So journaling, I know y'all are tired of hearing me say it, journal, journal, journal. Keep a book, write it down, journal. You have to. Much like a professional cook would document their recipes, particularly their new recipes, much like a chemist would document a process. They're either document they're either duplicating a process that's already documented or they're as in an antidote, they're looking for a process that's never been done before. So in the doing of that, they have to document. You have to document. You know, I, I ate an apple, a banana, and a grapefruit day one. I, I ate, you know, a grapefruit, a, a handful. Of, you know, you have to document because over time, you have no real proof. It's one thing. To, it's one thing to say, "Oh, I've got spiritual gifts." It, it's another thing to say, "Oh, I'm a reader. I'm a prophet," without any real proof. And we've seen. I don't know what's going on with this hair in my eye. <laughs> we've seen enough proof. Of, in demonstration, uh, even if you just look at your common TV commercial, you know, we've seen enough proof, enough demonstration of how we are sold things, convinced on things, buy into things that play to our weaknesses. And, 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 we, and, and I'm hesitant because I'm trying to reword that, play to our weaknesses, because it feeds the concept that I'm trying to reverse. And that concept is that we're somehow victim. We're somehow the target. We're somehow being set up for. And there's a relative truth to that. 
depends on who it is, what we're talking about. With, you know, and now we're talking about conspiracy and theory. But then there's that other aspect where we've got to take ownership. We've got to take control. We've got to take autonomy and responsibility for our walk, our journey, what we allow ourselves to be convinced of. And particularly when it happens more than once, what is it? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. It, it might be a pattern. <laughs> it might be you, you know. And so by the time, you know, the person gets to me and they claim they have gone through one tradition, another tradition, one path, another path, one teacher, another, another teacher, I have to hold that mirror up. I have to throw up that concave crystal and get you to see what role do I play in that demonstration. So we've got to keep a journal. We've got to mark down these dreams. We've got to mark down these premonitions. Um, there are also apps, Sterling, I talked about this the other day, that play around with, with psychic skills. Um, I can't think of any particular brand that I can call at the top of my head. Uh, but I can describe them to you. There's one, in fact, I might have it on my phone. There's one that uh, throws up various symbols, a square, a triangle, a circle. It's called Are You Psychic? Are You Psychic? And it's an it's a, a interactive intuition training application. And so it throws up different signs, different symbols at you. And you basically figure out, okay, I got five symbols to work with. Then you have to choose the symbol before it shows up on the screen. So it, it, it's a way of training your premonition of what symbol's coming next before it absolutely is, is in front of you. Um, we used to highway drive a lot as kids. So we would play license plate games, you know, what state. You know, what color of the car? You know, what brand of the car? So there are all kind of little exercises that one can employ that will allow you to practice and demonstrate and anticipate, if you will, um, numbers, sequences, colors. Um, there was a time that I would try and decipher who was calling um, b before I knew who was calling, um, absolutely. Um, and now technology interrupts some of that frequency for us, interrupts some of that that uh, mental practice and activity. Um, how, how many of you know your mama's phone number by heart? How many of you know your siblings' numbers by heart? How many of you know your job number by heart? You know, without having to look at your cell phone, without having to look at your device. So even when I think of the memories of people in my family, uh, 70 and over, Oh my goodness, their memory compared to to the more younger modern memory is phenomenal, and, and we've become codependent, Sterling, on many uh, devices and, and technological gadgets to sort of do some of that mental exercise that would help us to sort of those spiritual gifts and abilities. Uh, so, so you have to create them uh, if they aren't like that app available. You. Um, make flashcards, if you will, and put numbers or states 
or countries on the flashcards and shuffle them up, mix them up, and then predict before each card is turned over or, or revealed um, what the next card might be. There are all sorts of tricks that we can utilize. Um, predicting colors, you know, get, get a set of cards, you know, rainbow color cards, you know, mix them up and then predict the blue card, predict the red card, predict the green card uh, before you turn that card over. There are all sorts of little ways that we can strengthen our intuition. Another um, exercise is meditation, is the act of meditation, particularly if we're talking about psychic abilities that might show up or intuitive abilities that might show up visually. Um, the act of seeing, scrying in a crystal or um, uh, even looking at tarot cards and seeing the symbols that might be present on the cards, but, but then you might be empathically picking up imagery that you now have to correlate with, with the symbols that are on the table. You might see signs and symbols on the table, but then your the person you're reading, your client might know or might be projecting memories of that event that the reader, the psychic now might be seeing might be visualizing. So meditation can't be over further development of intellectual gifts and spiritual gifts, uh, but also psychic abilities. The, the ability to, to see, to predict, to forecast, to understand what might not necessarily be, be said. Another manifestation of psychic abilities is um, being an empath. An empath shows up in different ways. You know, my sadness might transfer to you. My happiness might transfer to you. That is one simplified form of empathic ability. But my story might might transfer to you. I can sometimes see a person or hear a person's name. You know, just at the beginning of your call, Sterling, I made you say your name again. You're calling from where? You're calling from where? That's, that's why I said it helps me to tie back to your energy. Not just remember your name and your location, but to tie back to your energy. So there are all sorts of ways that we show spiritual gifts, that we manifest psychic ability that is undeveloped. Psychic skills or psychic um, potency that, that is not developed yet to an ability, that has not been brought forward yet, uh, to its most manifest state. So, so that's something you can do to sort of play around with it. Um, those who are um, experimenting with tarot cards, I've often suggested that you read um, Secret Teachings of the Ages by Manly P. Hall. That, that book is available on sacred text. Sacred-text.com. You can find that book. And it goes a great deal into some of that symbolism and, and what it means and how it made its way into to tarot symbolism and why I keep sort of harping on the importance of understanding that symbolism if you're going to be a, a qualified reader of any degree, of any deck. Uh, who do occultism? 
Okay. I, I wasn't sure what to call you because of that whole name change thing. Okay. So so you are hoodoo occultism. Okay, good. Um, you've seen on YouTube that a woman said Legba turned his back on her. Um, I didn't see that. And I don't understand what you might mean or be suggesting that he turned his back on her. Now, now I do know we just talked about a, a, a video, wasn't it on YouTube, where a young girl said she invoked Esther, and then she ended up dead or something? Am I mixed up stories, Keon? <laughs> but this this one um, seems new to me. Uh, I don't, and I don't quite understand what the young woman might be suggesting. Uh, yeah, I need more detail about that. Call me in or join us on screen. I need more detail about that. I'm not, I'm not quite getting it. I'm not familiar with the story. And so I'm not quite, um, I don't know how to quite to respond to that. Greetings to you. Um, is that Melanta? Okay, greetings, beloved. I hope I, I pronounced your name correctly. Um, all is indeed a blessing, always. And and I would absolutely say so. Um, I would absolutely say so if it was other, anything other than a blessing. I would absolutely share and say so. Sterling, greetings, beloved. Uh, you're in the chat. Why can't I open your chat? Uh, let's see. Can someone type the title of that book for me? Okay. Um It's called The Secret Teachings of the Ages by Manly P. Hall. It is available for free on a website called sacred-text.com. sacred text.com Forgive me, Blog Talk Radio, because because I can't type and copy and paste without slowing down a little bit. Uh, but I just typed it in. Um, to I actually typed the link back to our sacred text where the book can be found. Some of my new listeners that are, it's a great deal in that book. That whole entire book should be read from beginning to end. But I also invite you to explore the entire site um, to, you know, erase the, the last of that URL and, and, and explore the entire sacred-text.com site. It discusses world religions, traditions, mysteries, um, African culture, age of reason, alchemy. Uh, Americana, ancient Near East, astrology, Asia, Atlantis, Australia, Basque culture, Baha'i, the Bible, the Book of Shadows, Buddhism, Celtic, Christianity, the classic, um, comparative studies, Confucianism, DNA, Earth mysteries, Egyptian culture, England, 
uh, esoteric and occult study. What is evil and evil um, as it shows up in spirituality and tradition. Um, all of these titles are, are focused in on spirituality and tradition. Fortean, F-O-R-T-E-A-N. Uh, it, it includes Freemasonry, Gothic, Gnosticism, Grimoire, Hinduism, I Ching, Islam, Icelandic, Johnnyism, Journals, Judaism, Legends and Sagas, Legendary Creatures, LGBTQ um, topics, Mormonism, Mysticism, Native American. Um, necromancy and, and necromicon, um, new thought, neo-paganism, witchcraft, uh, which means new paganism and witchcraft, not the paganism, and, and, and indeed the, the, the uh, witchcraft of old. Um, Nostradamus is included in the book. Um, OFP is included in the book. O-A-H-F-P-E. Um, the Pacific Paleolithic, uh, Parapsychology, Philosophy, Parareis, I don't even know what that is. I'm going to look that one up myself. Prophecy, Roma, the Sacred Books of the East, Sacred Sexuality, not Sex Magic, Sacred Sexuality, Shakespeare, Shamanism, Shintoism, Symbolism, Sikhism. Sub Rosa, Swedenborg, Tantra, Taoism, the Tarot, uh, Telma, T H E L E M A, Telma, uh, Theosophy, Time, Tolkien, T O L K I E N, UFOs, Utopia, Women, uh, Wisdom of the East. And, of course, the Rostriism. But that's just in that one book, Secret Teachings of the Ages. And it seeks to take you back to the roots, to the origins of many of these practices, traditions, um, religions, if you will, and how they now show up uh, in, in, in our modern understanding of, of these sciences with now history behind them, with now archaeology behind them. And you get a little bit of all of that uh, in this book. So I invite you to read that book, share that book, study that book, uh, particularly anybody that's uh, uh, going to work with me be um, important, of course. All is a blessing, beloved. Um, you, you just proved that I'm relevant. <laughs> you just proved that I'm relevant because, I mean, my God, I wouldn't spend a minute with someone that I didn't like, didn't understand, um, didn't appreciate. So you just proved my relevance. Thank you kindly. <laughs> that was good. Um Eagle Turtle, Turtle Star, greetings, beloved. Thank you so much um, for your sharing and being present. All is indeed a blessing. 
Thank you, Kiona, um, for putting up my call-in number at 845-877-9143. I have a question. Come on. Come on in. So a lot of, and even with myself, we still have this whole Christianity embedded in us, right? So um, to Kim McTall, a lot of times we still have the the Christianity uh, mentality embedded in a lot of us, right? So okay. looking at Kimberly McCall's comment, I saw it when she first, po- first first posted it, and my thoughts are are with her. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I posted a question in the chat: is when we pray, who are we talking to? Who is listening? Why would the power be outside of ourselves? We create our narrative, and a lot of times we have to get out of that where we're constantly saying, "Oh, please pray for me," as if you can't. You can't change your situation. Okay, hold on. When Keona. people see you, they're looking at God. Hold on, Kiona, because you're saying a lot. In fact, you're saying more than I can address. Um, first, I heard the question: When we're praying, who are we praying to? And I think that holds some acknowledgement, particularly with what you said right after that. Well, why are we praying something outside ourselves? Because the truth is, God is not outside yourself. It's a reality. And so I would have to ask the same question. When you're praying, yeah, who are you praying to? Are you praying to who you were told God is? Are you praying to who the book of your culture or your family or, or your present understanding says God is? Are you praying to the Bible God? Are you praying to the Quran God? Are you praying to the gods of the, of the Veda? Yeah, I would ask the same question. Who are you praying to? When we say we're praying to Loa or Risha, but you have no initiation there, you have no cultural connection there, you have no geographic connection there, you have no bloodline ties there, I ask the same question, who? Because if you're not clear about that, then, you know, I know an old pastor that used to say, your prayers are just hitting the ceiling and coming back down. Now, I'm going to take that a step further as a voodoo priest. Someone is listening to your prayers. Who is listening? God, goddess, and I should say the God, the goddess, as, as one power, one unified universal, global, galactic, because we see God, uh, again, from a very earth-based perspective, but but I see God from not just whether I was born in Dubai, was I born in Saudi Arabia, was I born in China, uh, was I born in Israel. I, I don't see God from that perspective, because that's how I see religion. Um, God is galactic. God is cosmic. God is universal. So God would transcend your language, your religion, your race, your particular cultural nuance. So we we learn to pray in Yoruba or learn to pray in Fon or learn to pray in Akan to keep it in a voodoo context based on ethnicity, based on culture, based on lineage. So when, when we had that understanding, it's weird to me when I see people, 
to use your words, praying outside themselves, looking to be empowered by something, someone, or somebody, or some per- person, place, or thing that is indeed outside of themselves. When God and the goddess right here, the ancestors are right here. So if you ask him personally, if she's asking person who am I praying to, I'm praying to the God, the God, the only one God. If I'm if I'm calling on a Orisha or a Loa or a deity, then I'm acknowledging that Orisha, that Loa, that is deity specifically. And I have a relationship with it. I have a connection to it. And I understand the formula, the chemical, the common the combination, if you will. The the, the 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 coded language of communication, if you will, to draw down that for for assistance. If I'm asking my ancestors for help, I'm answering my ancestors for help. And just that that English word of prayer might even be corrupted. Once we say prayer, we start thinking Christian, Islamic, Judaism. But if I'm calling on my ancestors, you can call that prayer. If I'm invoking my ancestors. If I'm pleading in my, and begging with my, my great-grandma and them to get involved, I'm pleading and begging with my great-grandma and them to get involved in a very real-world way. And as I explained at the top of the show, they first in your DNA. They first in your blood. They first are within you. So if you're acknowledging them, just because I acknowledge my mama for Mother's Day, who is indeed outside of me and lives in a in another location, um, but she's still in me, right? Heaven forbid your mother had passed on or your grandmother, you know, and, and we wear the white rose Mother's Day for them, and you wear the red rose Mother's Day if, you, if your mother's still living. I'm grateful that my mother's still living. But the reality is, is that my grandmothers are on the other side are ever living too. They're ever living here, and and then on in my siblings' children and grandchildren, because I don't have physical children, not one. I will then live on in hundreds of children who hear this broadcast, who pay attention to my show, who understand the information that's being shared here. So for me. Who am I? Who are you praying to, or who am I praying to? Is very specific. Now, now, if I'm asking you, meaning the Christian, the Jew, the Muslim, the the Orisha practitioner or believer, I, I want to ask the same question: Who are you praying to? Seriously. And I like Keona's position. I'm not sure if it was Keona or if she was reciting back somebody else's question to me um, about where's the internal interaction. Absolutely. We can't beg and plead with God and the ancestors for, for the lotto, for wealth, or for prosperity. And what are you doing to make that happen? What are you doing to feed that? You know, we all know the saying, you know, you take one step, he'll take two. You take one step and God will take two. You show some effort, the universe has to give back. That's a divine law. That's not about religion. That's a universal law. You give what you get, what you give, and and the world mirrors back to you who you are, and what you are, and where your strengths and your weaknesses are. 
So if you're asking me or any of my godchildren who we praying to, yeah, I'm, I'm praying to God. I and I are God. I and I are Ruth. I and I, I say it at the beginning of every show, I and I create and recreate my reality. I and I, I, I think that's sign language for I. I and I create my reality. So therefore, God can't move without you. I beg the question, um, is there a God without you? Is there a God without humanity? Is there a God without us to operate and show up through and for? Seriously. Keona, you said a lot. Now, am I missing something? What else did you say? After that, because my, my brain froze at who are we praying to, who is God. But then you had more to say right after that. You still with me? No, she dropped. Okay, uh, area code seven seven three. Who's calling and where are you calling from? Hi, this is Greetings. How are you doing? Good. So I know we didn't get to talk yesterday, and you said uh, talked about my question yesterday. I'm interested in doing some, you know, that we've been working on personal growth and some healing, and. One of the things that you, I don't, you know, from our, you might not remember, but um, I'm struggling with releasing my attachment to someone. Say so, and I was looking for, I'm, I'm struggling with releasing my attachment to someone. Oh, attachment. Okay. Okay. Attachment. Yes. Okay. So I was looking for some insight or ways to do that. When you're okay. still emotionally. And when you feel it's when you're still very emotionally connected to this person. Right. I hear you. I understand. And and right. at first I'm mm-hmm. going to reiterate what I said yesterday before I respond to you directly today. So what okay. I was, um, if it's personal, if it's important, I need some of the details. I need to know a little bit more about what we're talking about and then what kind of attachment. Now, based on the fact that you are calling today and you're live on air, I'm going to respond to your question live on air, but it will not be as personalized if you had sent me an email request. So there are all kinds of ways to separate our Attachments to people, not just relationship attachments, family attachments, familiar attachments. If you have violence, abuse, rape, station, any of that in, in your childhood, in, in your upbringing, you seek to detach from that person. You seek to detach from that energy. Now, the crystal way of doing things is, you know, you got to love and you got to forgive. And especially if it's your mom or your daddy, your sister, your brother, you know, there's this idea that, you know, well, you got to deal with them again. You got to find a way to be around them again. You, no, not necessarily. <laughs> no, not necessarily. And, and that is unique to the person, mm-hmm. unique to the severity of the event. Um, that, that's unique to the condition. There's some people I'll never share space with again. There's some people I'll yeah. never be have a physical connection with or two again. Uh, and so that leads to 
your question about cutting the ties. And so that can be mm-hmm. familial, family-based, but it, it can also be some of these level relationship ties. And particularly, not mm-hmm. that it's not important or uh, as pertinent for men, because it is, but I want to say particularly for women, if we're talking about love and relationships, um, Sky, I have to mute you because you have so much background noise. Particularly for women, um, you absorbing this energy. Men are absorbing the energy too from the outside in. But then a woman is taking this energy right into her body, if you understand, right into her body. And, and this is science. This ain't just who do. So when a woman is intimate, DNA is left, is deposited from her partners in her body. Keon and I have talked about this previously on the show and the, and the importance of understanding this. Eric Code 323, I'm coming to you momentarily. Just, just give me a moment to address um, Sky. Sky, I keep muting and unmuting your mic. Um, only I mute it when, I, when the background noise starts, and then when you get quiet, I unmute it again <laughs> so that you can still respond to me if you choose to do so. But if I, we're talking, I do want to respond. Okay, go ahead. Um, what I was realizing after doing some, I guess you could say, inner work, is that a lot of the issue that I am having with, you know, relationships have to do with unresolved issues from childhood. That, um, again, also part of the whole attachment thing that I was telling you about. So I'm looking to heal some, you know my triggers and things like that so that I can move forward and do it in, with current situations more healthy. So I realized the root or cause of the, the attachment to the person currently has to do with something from my past as well. And I, I've learned the connection from that. So that's more so what I'm going with this. Okay. And it's not just going to be with this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. It's not going to be with so what? It's not, just necessarily with this person. It's going to be it's a, a, a repeating pattern for me that I've learned. So I understand now where the root cause of that is. So I want to heal the root. Okay. Uh, I understand you, and I appreciate your feedback. Um, it, it just gives me even more clarity that I totally get what, where you're at. Um, and I'm going to respond to it completely and fully. But it was important for me to say what I said. One, because you're on on radio. This isn't a personal consultation. So other people are also listening. So I've got to make this relevant for, for 612 and 773 and 323 and 254 and everyone who's listening. And even if we look at childhood abuse, many of you know I'm, I'm talking about myself. I may be talking about you. I may be talking about people listening. That absolutely then plays into personal relationships, your, your workplace relationships, your love and relationship connections, all of your attachments later on. Some of those attachments are going to appear healthy, might not be as complicated. You know, your relationship with your hairdresser, your barber might not be as challenging as your relationship, love and relationship your relationship with your brother, your relationship with your coworker, your, your relationship to your church members or, or the members of your particular religion, 
And so I have to address it specifically. Otherwise, I'm going to just give a real general answer about cutting ties, about eliminating toxins, about not exposing yourself. So I, I want to I want to give you a full, complete answer to that, Skype. And, and it's, so it's going to take me a minute. Okay. So let, let me answer this question before I, I, I get back to you. Just give me a moment. Eric code 323. 323, your mic is now open. Who's calling and where are you calling from? You know your sidekick is right here in the trenches with you. I'm sorry, say that again? I say, you know, this is Kiana. I say, you know your sidekick is right here in the trenches with you. Oh, that's that's you. <laughs> it's me. Oh, I thought it was somebody new. See, every time you hang up, your name disappears. And so it, it show, comes back and it shows up as a new caller. So forgive me um, for that delay, Sky. So Sky, first you got to be willing to do some shadow work. You got to be willing to do some shadow work. And, and and I talked about that a little bit yesterday. Whether that's psychiatry, psychology, therapy, seeing a specialist, you've got to address the shadow work. You have to. And when we say shadow work, um, you know, we see that something that I can do by myself, on my own, Wiccan, I'm using voodoo, I'm using hoodoo, you know, we, we see shadow work often when we say that as something that I'm doing, only I'm doing, only I'm addressing. Um, and so it doesn't require a professional. It doesn't require a therapist. It doesn't require the email. It doesn't require, you know, the elder woman or the elder man who may not be related to you, but may be able to give you some wisdom, some healing, some advice. Now, even when I say that, it suggests, again, something that you are voluntarily participating in, but only to the point that it's of your benefit, only to the point that it's of your, well, she gave me advice that I wanted to hear. He gave me advice that, that oh, that made me feel well. But sometimes in that session, in that moment, in that transaction, the elder, the, the teacher, the therapist, the psychologist is trained to say what you might otherwise not want to hear or, or not want to address. Just we're trained to say it gently. We're trained to say it in a way yes. that you can hear it. So I'll I'll change yes. the wording of something, you know, and force you to think it through, so that you then come to the conclusion that I'm already trying to get you to see. So 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 that has to be addressed. Mental health yes. has to be addressed. Forgive me for clapping. I'm still trying to kill that one mosquito. Um, mental health still has to be addressed in this audience, in this community, in this platform. So I can give a qualified answer about cutting those ties. Now, yesterday I, I gave a, a, an example, meaning of myself, of having done that work, gone through therapy, uh, having taken uh, medication, having seen a psychologist and a psychiatrist and a therapy, uh, and, and having gotten to a place of balance. I was in balance, felt in balance, could see the balance. And then the third party 
who's giving the objective opinion could see the see the ballot. So so it was at that point, 2000, if y'all need to know a, a, a date, that I took my last pill. Summer of two, no January of 2000, last pill. I said you this I'm done. This isn't working. Wouldn't be the right response because it did work. It, it took me to a place of balance. Sometimes I think we believe the success is when everything in our life is perfect. And that's not what psychologists, psychiatrists, therapy, that's not exactly what that's for. It's to get us to a place of balance. Then Mm -hmm. we can address the work. Then we can do the shadow work. That's where the real therapy comes in. Now your hormones are right, your chemicals are right. We know you're not just bouncing off of, you know, this inner programming. And so now we address the work. And I find out in my community, that's where many people, that's where the anxiety really is. That's where the fear really is. But that's where the real shadow work comes in. So if you're not able to ask yourself or or regress into your childhood and then address the abuse, address what was not right, address what was out of line, then you absolutely need someone else, whether it's your godparent, whether it's your Arisha priest or priestess, whether it's your psychologist or your therapist, you absolutely need someone else to give you a set plan of working through that shadow work. Because you have to go back in to go forward. You have to. And then heal that, address that. And sometimes it's cutting away with doing away with, sometimes it's eliminating. In other cases, it is reformulating a relationship, whether it's with a person, formulating our relationship to money, reformulating, you know, because often we don't think about that. How does your abuse, how does your trauma show up in other ways in your life? So it might be showing up in how you budget or don't budget. It might be showing up in how you just can't hold on to your money no matter what. A hundred dollars, a million dollars, you you just can't hold on to it. That's that shadow work that has to be addressed, that has to cut be cut away. Sometimes we over-focus on how it shows up in our friendships, for instance. So it's only a problem when it shows up in love and relationships. It's only a problem when it shows up in our, our social group or our peer group. It's only a problem when it shows up, well, how we interact with our boss or our supervisor. Mm-hmm. And so, so we then address just that. You know, the, the client then comes to me, well, I'm having a problem at work. And it's just that. It's just work. It's, it's just the hater. It's just the enemy. It's just the supervisor that don't like me. And unlike you and I, Sky, they are not willing to feed themselves. They're not yes. willing to look at, well, what am I doing to either recreate this event? And we create events so that we can learn from them. Not, not so we can suffer through yes. it again, but so that we can learn from them. What am I doing to keep recreating this event or recreating this environment that the same type of people, the same type of person keeps coming back, or I keep repeating the same type of scenarios, but with different people. So 30 years ago, it was, it was, it was guy A. 20 years ago, it was guy B. Ten years ago, it was guy C. Today, it's guy D. But they have something in common. Or the similarity of that 
what you're experiencing now that you don't like keeps showing up. I, I, I'm, I'm describing, Sky, what will be the evidence of the attachments that you and I are talking about doing away with. Yes. So you have to go back. You have to. Yes. You have to do that childhood, past life regressive, childhood life regressive work in order to not keep dragging that baggage like like Erica Badu's bag lady song into the next relationship. And some of you say, well, if I just eliminate the relationship, well, well I'm giving up no. on love. I'm giving up on relationships. I'm, I'm not doing love and relationships no more. You know, it might not be me or it might not be you, Sky, but we both know people who say that. Well, I'm just not going to yeah. do relationships at all. So they say. But now they're doing some other form of relationship, and that toxicity is still present. So now you're yes. just sleeping around, and you ain't trying to marry at all. Now you're just sleeping around, and you ain't trying to commit at all. That, that toxin is still there. Or maybe you're celibate. Maybe you say, oh, I'm not going to date. I'm not going to marry. I'm not looking for love. I'm completely celibate, and I'm just doing me. But you got that nasty, aggressive side to you, or you got that overtly critical, analytical side to you that your mom and them just can't stand, or that your coworkers just can't handle, or, or, or keep showing up as a negative confrontation, you know, in your customer service reviews, and you just can't figure out why people keep going off on your 800 line. But but it might be you. Everybody can't be repeating the same script. Not everybody, you know. Right. So I find, Sky, that there are people less mature spiritually than you and I who can't do that work. Well, look at what am I bringing to the table. There was a point in my life I, I, I had to make the conscious decision I was not going to be my dad. Right. And, for my new, and for my new listeners, I apologize. I I'm not about to go into great detail about who my dad is right now um, because it's one of my triggers, okay? It, it would then upset the rest of my mood and my afternoon. Um, but I had to consciously choose not to be him, not to be him. And, and that's a challenge because many of you have done the same thing. I'm not going to be my dad. I'm not going to be my mom. I'm not going to be my grandma. I'm not going to take my child, my children through what I went through, through, through what I had to suffer through, through, through what I had to deal with. So we all resonate with that statement to some degree. For me, it was, I'm not going to be my dad. And in mm-hmm. so many ways, I learned through building relationships with my, with my uh, half-siblings, my father's other children, that they too, and, and they mm-hmm. didn't much time with him as I did. They, they didn't be in the house with him through their most formative years the way that I had to. So they experienced loss from their perspective, and then I experienced the loss from my own perspective. There are times I wish that my dad had a bounce on up. I wish my dad had a left up so that I would not have had to endure the abuse, so that my sister would not have had to been violated. Okay, so, so I just said what I wasn't going to do, and I gave you a little bit of who my dad is. So my thing was, I'm not going to be my dad. I'm not going to be an abuser. I'm not going to have all these uh, children out of wedlock. 
Um, I'm not going to be violent. And I'm none of those things and, and don't have any children out of wedlock. But baby, God, I can yes. be aggressive. I can be mean. I can be nasty. I can be shady. I can invoke the demon, as my sister Wapani refers to it, if I really wanted to, if I really surrendered to it. Would make me a pedophile. Wouldn't make me a molester. It, it wouldn't. It would make me, you know, a, a rapist and an abuser. But it might just make me a really bad person. It might just make me a really unhappy person. And so the all, all of the blessing guide, the divine all blessed guide that many of you come here to see and experience every day, wouldn't mm-hmm. exist if I allowed myself to just sink into my feelings. If I allowed myself to just sink into that one perspective, that one reality of my background. So I had to do shadow work. I had to listen to, man, you sound mean. Every time I answer the phone, I sound mean. I I got sick and tired and tired and sick of hearing people say I sounded mean. Even today, people still say I'm aggressive. People still say you're, you're too serious all the time. Even with me now being conscious of it, now I go out of my way to be to be peace, to be love, so that when somebody says, oh, I aggress, now I know that I absolutely did not. <laughs> now I know you're lying. Now I know you're tripping because I went the extra mile. And the extra mile doesn't happen overnight, Scott. The extra mile doesn't yeah. happen in 10 years or five years of you doing therapy or you doing spirit work or you doing uh, crystal healing work, the act of laying on of crystals on your physical body to pull out and remove. Um, it takes a lifetime. I'm sure I will never heal entirely. I'm sure there are certain people, places, and things and topics that will forever remain as some level of a trigger for me, but I can lessen that presence in the now. I can lessen that uh, response that I would give without being mature, without giving it discipline. Uh, If we all didn't think maturely and spiritually and, and with discipline, we all could regress to our lowest common denominator. We all can regress to the worst things that we've seen, that we've experienced, that we are. We all experience to some degree saying, I'm going to treat people the way they treat me. Or I actually did that for a while. I treated people exactly the way they treat me. You know, and, and just like the means suggest, no, they didn't like it either. <laughs> you know, but neither did I either. I didn't like it either. And so I had to choose to be who I am, no matter what you do. No matter what you understand, no matter what you understand, even if it's the best thing possible, even if you totally get what I'm saying, I do what I do for my own survival, for my own shadow work, to to address my own demons, to invoke my own voodoo. The fact that you benefit from it is the rumor story every day. The fact that it's of some value is why so many people listen to me right now. Um, at eight four five two seven seven nine one four three, 
everyone has some pressure, number one, but but it's, it's a gang of folks here listening. So it's of value. Right. I know that it works. That's why I refer to myself as a result-oriented practitioner. I'm not giving book wisdom to you. I'm not giving you spoken word philosophy to you. I'm not giving you spoken word feel-good medicine, which is what a lot of these shows and, and, and social media is doing. They're saying and doing and performing and cussing and acting a fool and, and bouncing because it's entertainment. And, and it meets your most basic carnal feelings and desires and, and motivations. But what you're talking about, Sky, is hard work. Shadow yes. work is hard work. And, and so I applaud you, I do, for being that mature, for being that, for taking your life that serious, that you're, that you're asking about cutting ties, that you're asking about how to do that work. And so on a personal level, it might be spirit baths. It might be cleansing baths. It might be getting mm. initiated. It might be learning how to do ancestor work and divination so that your ancestors can assist you in doing that that soul cutting, that eye cutting, that energy cutting work. Uh, for the person who's just so fearful of, of commitment and organization, uh, there's crystal work. Uh, but again, if you're not willing to confront your demons in a dark room mm-hmm. by yourself, and then come out of that dark room and not be depressive and not be suicidal and not be emotional. Beloved, I've right. not done it. All. And I know you have too. I've been there. Right. <laughs> you know, I've been suicidal. I've been emotional. I've been depressive while trying to work through shadow work. Uh, one of my best friends of over 35 years, um, Paul Marshall, would tell you there was a time I came out of my house once a month to get my food stamps, to go to the grocery store and get my food, uh, to come home and pay my rent, and that was it. I didn't have no social life. I didn't go nowhere. I didn't do anything while sitting and doing that shadow work. Now, some of you are doing exact, the exact same thing, except you're not doing no shadow work. You just mm-hmm. press. you just sitting in your house with the windows and the blinds closed and the doors closed, which feeds your depression, by the way. Not you, Sky. I'm speaking to the listener, which which feeds right. your emotions. By the way, if you're not getting adequate vitamin D, you're not doing appropriate shadow work. Because with shadow work, you have to have light. I often say, if you're going to mm. work in black Canadian, you must have equal or greater clear quartz when you work a black city. You have to. Mm-hmm. It is the black hole. But all that negative right. energy with the black city is going to be brought to the surface. But unlike tourmaline, which is designed to send it away, to shoot that negative energy away from the source, black obsidian doesn't have that capability. Black obsidian is not a crystal. Black obsidian is volcanic glass. So so just like you're seeing right now, literally, with your eyes, all it can do is reflect. All it can do is mirror back that light in a way that you can see it and respond Mm -hmm. to it and, and comprehend. Now, if you're looking at the screen right now, you see a mirror image. Yes. 
even though it's not clear, you see a mirror image of my computer screen. But you yes. also see you also see just above that and, and off to the side of that a point of light yes. that is brighter than the screen. That is brilliant. And then just to the side of that, what you're seeing is a duplicate mirror image. Mm-hmm. So what is three images that you're seeing represent. One computer screen represents the real deal. We can't see it. It's smaller. It's a little shady. It's a little darker. But you can tell it's mirroring exactly what's on the desktop. And then that third point of light that I talked about, the one that's a little shadower and a little further in the background, is the idea of the computer screen being reverberated, being mirrored yes. back. So there's yes. that idea of what we think and what we understand about ourselves, but then the idea of what's really true. So if you're, for instance, mm-hmm. you think, oh, I'm, I'm never going to be happy, that's not true. That That's just you saying it. That That's real reality or relative reality. But that one in the middle, that second one I talked about, that pure point of light, is absolute truth. That's the absolute. That's not how you think you feel, how you think you see about yourself. That's not what you think other people think or see about yourself. That's the absolute light. That's the absolute truth. So when you're doing shadow work, you can't sit up in the house in the dark with the shades closed. You can't sleep in 10, 12 hours a day and then you're up, they call that manic depressive, by the way. And then you're up four hours, five right. hours a day. Clean your entire house, and then you're back taking a nap again. You're in, you're And I know I need to say okay. that people don't believe black people suffer mental health. Some black people think we don't need psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists. All we need is God, all we need is religion, all we need is uh, grape seed oil and, and uh, agave and seaweed, you know, you know and, and we need right. to do this work. We need to do this work. So I'm saying this, Sky, for you, but also for the listener that is just so determined to do it the hard way. And and that is on their own. You got you to gotta at least mm. be straight enough in the mind to do the shadow work on your own. Because in the shadow work, you're going to see ghosts. You're going to see demons. Okay. You're going to see goblins. Yeah. And and they are yourself. They're reflections right. of yourself. They're not the demon that was sent to come after you. They are reflections of yourself. And most people can't do that. Most people can't judge themselves like that. Most people can't say, okay, you know, I talk too much. You know, I overtalk people. I interrupt people a lot. No, I'm, I'm not giving examples. This is my truth. This is my truth. Right. And I have to remind myself in every conversation to let her talk. Let him talk. Listen. I have to consciously. I'm saying this because some of y'all think that I got it all together because I'm the beauty guy. No, right. I have to do this shadow work just like you do every day. Yeah. Every day. Okay. <laughs> My natural inclination, Sky, um, and you can listen. I'm not going to force you to keep talking through the remainder of the show. 
Um, you can just listen. If you no, want. I actually <laughs> am. T- I I'm actually engaged. So no, I'm fine. Okay. I have to do so this, this every day. My natural inclination is to is to be negative when I wake up in the morning. Not because mm. I am negative, but because that's the footprint. If if you go back to my childhood, where I've been, what I've been through, what I, what I have to confront even today, my first instinct is to be negative. My first instinct mm-hmm. is to be negative. And back in my twenties, I, I knew this because that's how I woke up in the morning. And and I might not have gone to work. Some days I woke up and I would I would have called in. Uh, hello. I had bad Chinese food yesterday. I'm not going to be able to do it. I, I can't get out the bathroom, you know, and, and I wouldn't go to work. And I would quit jobs, be fired from jobs, would lose jobs, would eventually be in a position to be have to move. I would never be evicted, but, but I was bound before the eviction would take place because I wouldn't do my shower work. Because I refused to do my shower work. Some of you think the next guy is trying to fix it. The next girl is going to fix it. The next relationship and the love of your life is going to fix it. And if you're coming at it broke, it's going to be broke. If you're coming at it fractured, it's going to be fractured. Your partner can't be a whole vessel. Your partner can't be perfect and then hold the whole relationship together for both of you. Nobody can be that. No relationship None. There has to be some give and take. Now, the perfected relationship, the giver is going to give within their limits. The giver is going to give within a, a, a consciously chosen framework within the relationship. And then when, when they've given their best, then the next partner kicks in and picks up the slack. Or does what they're perfected and best at doing. But many relationships today, and, and, and what I'm hearing in these conversations, y'all are coming at these relationships broke, coming at the relationships with baggage, coming at the relationships broken, because broke and broken mean two different things. I know some of y'all caught that. <laughs> some of y'all coming at the relationship broke and with the second party to bring you up the level to bring you up to tax code, and, and it just don't work like that. And so we all have to do our shadow work. We all do. We all do. Otherwise, you can't expect to do what you've always done and get miraculous, brand-new results. That's insanity. I think I – hello? Yeah, we're, we're listening. Okay, it was mute. Sorry. I think what was getting me was that I was starting to get all the emotional stuff coming up, and I thought, okay, maybe this is I'm going about this the wrong way, because I was feeling it. I'm feeling the anxiety. I, I mean, I guess I got to the root of it, but I'm feeling it, and so I'm understanding now after hearing this conversation that that's really all part of the process. And like I'm you were saying, it's it's um. You know, there's going to be times when you got to lock yourself away and deal with it because it's going to get ugly. And I'm understanding that now. So thank you for that. That was very helpful because I am going, I'm, the ugliness is coming up. And I'm like, okay, some, I must be doing something wrong. For yeah. saying that, the people listening to us 
need to understand what you just said. Even if we're talking about losing weight, if we're talking about gaining muscle, there is pain in that process. Now, now you mm-hmm. learn to accept the pain. You, you might say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to eat until I get to a certain weight. And so you, you've chosen to not see that as pain. You've now chosen to see that as a healthy challenge. And so you go with it. Athletics and athletes are the same way. That's why I say people who might be trying to gain bulk or lose weight, Mm -hmm. you have consciously chose, I'm going to get up every morning and do this two-mile run. You might not feel like it. Your body might not feel like it, but you've chosen to do so. So now you're in agreement with the pain in a way that's beneficial. So when it comes to the spirit growth or, or the shadow work, no one says that part of the growth process is you have to confront your fear. You have to confront the pain. That, that lets you know you're doing the right thing. You are doing the right thing. Okay. If, if okay. it's coming up, you're now addressing it. But don't let it come up and then tuck it and put it in a new closet. Don't clean up the mess in a room and then hide it in a closet. Ooh, my mm. mama, let me jump up and put all these clothes and all these kids and left all these toys out. Let me shove it all mm. in this one closet. You know, and that's mm. the one closet mama going to lean against. You know, or, or life is going to lean against. And at some point, it's coming out. At some point, it's coming out like the avalanche. And so I look at where we are now to stay at home is sort of uh, enforced spiritual stay at home because some of y'all not yes. well, let me say it this way some of y'all not going to do the work not going to sh- slow down not going to do the shadow work unless you're in direct unless you're in pain unless you're under facing eviction unless your lover then walked out and, and, and left you with the kids or walked out and took the now you want to look at the problem now you want to address well how do I fix this and you want to come to me and you want me to fix it in two days. You want me to fix it in 24 hours. I just got a request to make somebody young and beautiful. Hear me now. I just got an email mm. request to make somebody physically young and beautiful in two weeks. Using mm. voodoo and that. See, that, that's why I'm mm. upset with the with the BS that's going on in Twitter. That's why I'm upset with the foolishness that's going on in Instagram. Because of mm. shit like that. And this child really thinks it's the magic that's going to make them flawless. Physically. Flawless. Like the movie. Well, what was that movie with the three girls who played around with witchcraft? And, 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 and the white Charm. girls? Yeah. What's the, I'm talking about the movie. Oh, um, that's a witness. Um, the craft. The craft. That's it. The craft. And she did like this, and she was blonde. People mm-hmm. think that. People think that. People mm-hmm. think that's how it's done. And, and and listen, a spell is temporary. It could be done for five minutes. It, it could be done for fifteen minutes. It could be done until you come out in, into the real life, until you have to face life on life's terms. And that's why I say I'm a result-oriented practitioner. I'm not looking to do spells. 
I'm not looking for you to come back to me six months later and say I'm I'm going through this again. I don't have I'm, I don't have the physical constitution for it. <laughs> I'm a bit of a labor I'm a Labor Day Virgo perfectionist, baby. <laughs> I want the work to be done. I want it right, and I don't want to have to confront it again. I want you to say, "Oh man, it, it, it's fixed, it's repaired. We didn't have to come at it two or three times." That's crazy to me, and that's what's being told to us on Instagram and Twitter, and y'all eating it up. Not my callers, not my viewers, the people out there who's watching me right now who ain't got nothing to say. Y'all are eating that BS up. You really are, and your lives are in a mess. In a mess. Sky, I love you, beloved. Mm. Not just right now, always, but particularly right now mm. in this moment. I love you for that question. And for the, and mm. for the way you're thinking right now, because you've got to bring that stuff to the surface so you can then do the work. Mm-hmm. You got to. It's just like taking an enema. At some point, you got to get it out of your body. It's just like getting a colonic done. At some point, you got to get it out of your body. Okay, you done brought it up. Okay, you full of water, and now you got this soup swimming around in you. You got to get it out. Right. It's got to be, you know, and people are too scared to do that work. Or like I suggested yesterday, you watch way too much television. And so you expect it to happen instantly. You expect it to happen with a pill. You expect it to happen in two weeks. You expect it to happen in seven days. You expect it to happen in 24 hours. Particularly these deeper, complex shadow work suggests stuff that's deep. Shadow work suggests something that's stuff that's deeply ingrained that, that has to be now moved to. So my hat's off to you, beloved. And for the person who's taking that journey, like I did once upon a time, on your own or by yourself, and, and I did so because I thought I had to do it by myself. I didn't know that there were services available. I didn't know that there was, you know, a way out that, that was already out there. I had to find it on my own. Sky had to find it on her own. Many people do the rest, find it on their own. And then we figure out, oh, wait a minute, this is all powerful. This this is fixing not just this area of my life, but so many other areas of my life. Some of y'all have been watching me since 2005. Don't deny, don't, don't pretend like you ain't seen no change. At every level of my life, personally, professionally, as a spiritualist, some of y'all have been watching me since 2005, since October 2005 when I first came online. Some of y'all have been watching. So you know the mm-hmm. truth. <laughs> you know the truth. That's all I'm saying. Skype, Sky. Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to say Skype. <laughs> your name is Sky. I know. People do that to me all the time. Keep doing your work, honey. Keep doing it. Okay. And, and use your crystals to move. When that emotion come up, pay attention yeah. to what crystals you're working with at the time. Pay attention to okay. what crystals you're working with at the time. Because your quartz crystal family um, is a family of specialists. For every piece mm. of quartz I pick up, it has a very unique uh, purpose in order to address mm-hmm. that, that work that, that you're doing right now. Right. So keep, right. Okay. 
I'm going to take a, 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 a commission. I appreciate everyone who's with me on the phone line. Um, anyone whose mic I've opened uh, previously, your your mic will always uh, remain open, and you will be able to um, comment, ask questions, you know, whatever it may be. But I need to stop long enough to answer the door and get a little bit of hydration. And I will be forward momentarily. I'm leaning in because I'm trying to figure out what I'm not going to play while I'm on the Oh, that's not going to get me in any kind of copyright trouble. So let's play something that I have ownership to. Greek, Greek, please. A dash of cayenne to the root. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Boil a gumbo Hot and steady Don't care if ready, ready Gonna pray at that old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried Build a fire on the bayou When a black cat scratched at two Under a full moon that's blue Chant some magic words, Kufaru A dash of cayenne to the roof Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Black top hat, black suit too, single rod that Moses through. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. A dash of cayenne to the roof. Gonna put on my green grease suit. Black top hat, black suit too, same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black sheets too. Going free at this old cemetery, down on Claiborne where she's buried. A dash of cayenne. To the roof, gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Yeah. Thank you so much for your patience. All is indeed a blessing. I appreciate those of you who are still with me now on the phone lines at eight four five two seven seven nine one four three. Of course, it's too late for anyone to call in to the Block Talk Radio number now. But if you are with me on the phone line, know that you are unmiked, 
a question or comment at your leisure. I'm also looking at my live chat. Keona, am I okay on the questions in the group? Um, Eagle Turtle Star. It looks um, like you are. Okay. She said, is that an overcompensating for people you are mean? Um, I'm not sure exactly what you mean. My divine all blessed, is that overcompensating? No, that's that's really my position. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure um, what you meant by that. But if you can help me out, I'll, I'll respond to it again. Uh, let's see. Let's see. If I don't have any questions or comments, I'm going to move it forward. I have quite a few lined up after the show for later in the day. So, if there's anything else to share, remember, all is a blessing until I meet you again here on Blog Talk Radio and Stream Live. Peace and love.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.